Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. I'm going to be presenting four different questions or scenarios tonight, if we get to all four. And Jason Kelly, Charlie Smith are going to listen to it and they're going to say that it's either totally legit or if they don't think it is, they're calling the cops. So pretty, pretty easy segment to follow along. We do it twice a month. It's uh, always entertaining. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. All right. As will ever be. Number one, I think I think the audience will... Uh, this one will resonate with them a little bit. So the first one is Ellis Burks is an entertaining color analyst in the Nesson booth. Is he entertaining? So Jason, is that totally legit or are you calling the cops? I'm actually going to say that's totally legit. Um, and I'll preface that by saying Eckersley still to me is the best color analyst that any team could have. But I like Ellis Burks. I don't find him to be annoying. And I'll still take Ellis Burks over Lenny DiNardo or Steve Steve Lyons, Johnny Gomes. Like, remember the Johnny Gomes experiment? Like, I don't need Johnny Gomes up there being like, and playing the hot corner is Chad Pinder. Pinder, 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 playing the hot corner. Like, I I just, he annoys me so much. I don't want Johnny Gomes back. I don't want boring-ass Lenny DiNardo or Steve Lyons, at least Ellis Burks is like, he's fine. He's good. I think every now and then he he gels pretty well with O'Brien, which is hard to do, I think. So, yeah, it's totally legit. I'm I'm okay with him. Charlie, totally legit or are you calling the cops? Calling the cops every day that ends in Y and twice on Sunday because why the not? Um... Johnny Gomes was interesting because I remember when he was doing like naming people and and doing goofy things like that. He had this unique way about him where he'd give himself a compliment. He'd just kind of mention how good he was at one thing and then quickly turn the subject to something else. And then that would be his like segue. Um, Steve Lyons, eh. Uh, Lenny DiNardo is is brutal. With Ellis Burks in there, um, it reminds me, like, there. I'm sure there are a bunch of people, even in our age range, that are like, who the hell's that guy? It, it's it's when there was that commercial um, a couple of years back of Dwayne Wade with Charles Barkley, and uh, the waitress comes up, and she goes, oh, my God, is this your dad? And Charles Barkley's looking <laughs> at her like, are you serious? Like, you don't know who I am? Like, I don't think he's got that persona, but I just, I'm not all, I'm just not, not about Burks. I think there are a couple other people that I'd love to see in there. Uh, Eck is going to be, you know, I, I like Eck. He's got the yuck comment down, and it's it's funny when you sometimes hear that. If Ellis Burks had a signature phrase, maybe, but I just, I don't think there's anything, like, enough about him to make me go, yeah, totally legit for him. I'm trying to like him, but officially I'm, I'm also calling the cops. Nesson might look at him as somewhat of a safe guy, but he's not captivating at all. And 
when you have O'Brien being a lot drier than Orsillo, I think the the broadcast just suffers all around. And when Johnny Gomes was in a couple seasons ago when they were rotating a lot of those guys out, I thought that had the chance to be epic. I really did. And it, and it wasn't. And it was kind of disappointing. And you could kind of tell that he wasn't into it either as well. So being a podcaster, I, I think we kind of analyze those guys a lot differently than some of the the more regular viewers might. And in this series against Cleveland, Burks would be thinking out loud and just asking questions rather than having them looked up. And it just, you could tell his etiquette wasn't, wasn't that smooth. And my dream scenario would be Jonathan Papelbon in the booth. I think he would be extremely entertaining. He'd sound like a little bit of a hillbilly because he's from Texas. No offense to Texans. I, uh, I love Texas more than most people do, but, but he's not gonna sound like an authentic Boston guy. And I think we've been spoiled by having Jerry Remy in there because he speaks everybody's language. And it's so hard. I mean, who's the guy from Boston that you could you could put in there? Is there anyone? I a former player from Boston that happened to play for the Sox. I don't I don't unless you get unless you get like Lou out of the radio booth and you put him up there, but I don't think anybody really wants that. I would like that more than Ellis Burks for some reason. And probably more than Donardo and all those guys. Do you guys watch that TV show? Uh, it's it's on Apple TV called Ted Lasso. No. no. Oh, you guys gotta watch it. There's this one character that swears all the time, and I feel like that could be John Pavelbon. Like they'd have to bleep him out every every time <laughs> because he just would have no filter. Yeah, there's uh, luckily there's a delay on all the broadcasts, but but I like Eckersley. I still think I kind of like Remy the most, and. Just hearing that thick Boston accent in the booth, and Tommy Heinsohn too, for for the Celtics, you know, rest his soul. But he spoke our language and sounded like a Bostonian in there. And part of me thinks we we might never have it again. I just and Don Orsillo came from New England as well as O'Brien, so. And I don't know if you guys watch on the MLB.tv, but some of those other crews from across the league, so dry. (laughs) Like, we were spoiled for so long to have such great commentating. And I'm not, I don't watch many Bruins games, but Jack Edwards gets fired up, and that's fun to listen to. And so I'm not much of uh, an Ellis Burks guy, but. so we'll just move on. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Abort hairy balls and Buzz Lightyear that Woody with Manscaped. 
Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Well done. You you missed it, Charlie, but I had my best performance of the year uh, doing that ad in the last show, which was probably you only... didn't laugh? No, no, I didn't stutter. I said the word performance right, which I couldn't say right on all the others. And uh, yeah, but it, it, that being said, it was only half as good as uh, what you just did. And I missed it. Yeah. So, all right. So next on the docket, Adam Ottavino will not be back with the Red Sox in 2022. Jason, is that totally legit? Or are you calling the cops? That is totally legit. I don't want Adam Ottavino back with the Red Sox in 2022. Um, we've already seen the best of this guy. It certainly wasn't this year. Uh, it was years ago when he was in Colorado. He went through a nice little run there, but um, he's just he's kind of done. And and he'll he'll sign somewhere else. He'll, he'll definitely be in Major League Baseball next year. But I don't want him here. Um, I, I, he's going to be what, 35, I think 34, 35, something like that. I think he turns 35 this season if he hasn't already. Yeah. So you you don't need to bring back a 35 year old reliever whose better days are behind him. Um, you've got good arms. You've got young arms in that bullpen now with Darwinson and Josh Taylor. Um, and I think that they'll, they'll go out and they'll pursue other options as well in free agency. So, um, bye-bye Adam Adovino. Um, he was Good for a little stretch this season. Hopefully he's good for the remainder of it, and he could kind of, you know, save face a little bit there. But, no, nah, I'm all set. He's actually going to be 36 in November. But go ahead, Charlie. Totally legit yeah. or calling the cops? I see, I see it being totally legit. There are going to be a lot of other options available for a lot less money. This is someone who's getting over, you know, he's making almost $9 million right now in, in the bullpen. Uh, for those that aren't keeping track and keeping score – the new Adam Adovino contract in the bullpen is going to Matt Barnes. So that two years, 15 million is now going to be allocated in 2022 and 2023 to that man. Uh, I don't see Adovino coming back. I, I'd like to see him think that he can strike out the babe wearing different, different colors in a, in a different uniform. I I'm with Jason. There's just not much. Um, he, he didn't do enough this year to solidify his spot on the roster next year. I thought the project was cool. He's been fun. But in the end, it just the project hasn't worked out to our benefit in the second half of the year. He's just been a little bit exhausted, and I think, unfortunately, overused, overtaxed. I'm going to agree with you guys and also say totally legit. Part of the reason we got Adam Ottavino, well, number one, he just kind of fell into our lap, you know, with that trade out of nowhere. But one of the reasons why that was able to play out the way that it did was because bloom kind of cheaped out with the richard signing and the perez signing spending only 15 million on those two combined for the season there was there just happened to be some space for a guy like ottavino and and he ended up with the red Sox. and bloom isn't really a guy that's gonna spend much on the bullpen and quite frankly I'm, I'm surprised he gave that extension to Barnes in the middle of the season especially where there were some hints that maybe he was slipping a little bit 
So it, I'd find it hard to believe he's going to spend six to eight million. I'm guessing is what Ottavino would probably command next season. I it's a it's a really tough sell, and I think Bloom's mo will be to go get a mid level guy that they think the Red Sox can improve on and Hansel Robles. I mean, maybe not that bad of a guy, but a mid-level guy that he thinks he can, you know, they can develop a little further. I think is the route he's going to go. Plus you'll have Darwin's in the full season next year. You'll have Brazier. I think is still under control for another year or two. So, I don't see Adam Ottavino coming back. And I like Ottavino as well. I the, the last month hasn't been great. The month of April wasn't great. But he was phenomenal in May and June. And has kind of slipped a little bit. And he's not very good against divisional opponents. I think the book is out. He pitched to a lot of them anyway when he was with New York. So... In this Tampa series, I, I think he's probably going to be one of the guys that, that struggles a little bit. Probably, you know, part of the reason two of us picked a sweep for the race. Not going to lie. Uh, so let me add a layer to that. One guy they can bring back for about the same money, Garrett Richards. <laughs> I know, I know that sounds terrible, but look at it this way. This is the one thing I didn't mention in the last show, and I tweeted it out on Twitter. If Richards ends up being a stud in the bullpen, that's so convenient for Hein Bloom because it allows him to save face on that whole contract. If if it ends up working out that way, Bloom planned on him being a starter the whole time, but if he catches fire and he becomes this sensation that's talked about on all the you know MLB network shows I think Heinblum would love that and and there's a possibility he picks up the option for next year I'm not saying it's it's more likely but it's I think it's certainly more more possible than than Ottavino coming back I okay so <laughs> this is tough because this is not unprecedented in baseball for a starter to start to fail out of the starting rotation, then to go into the bullpen and become a dominant closer. We've seen it happen. Wade Davis did it, right? Wade Davis was a starter with Kansas City, turned into a great closer for a couple of years. Um, even way back when, Roldis Chapman was a starter when he came out, got turned into a closer. Um, Rysel Iglesias was a starter, turned into a closer. Happens all the time, and it's actually happening more frequently now. Do I trust that Garrett Richards can turn into Wade Davis or Roldis Chapman or any of these guys? Nope, I don't. I think he's doing this now because basically Garrett Richards was on the chopping block. Like he was one bad outing away from being DFA'd. And the Red Sox said, hey, we're going to send you to the bullpen and you better figure your ass out out there or you're gone. So I think that he sucked it up. I think that he said, you know what, I... I have a $10 million option for next year. And I have a general manager who I agree, Terry. I think Bloom likes him. I think Bloom wants to stand by him and wants, he wants Garrett Richards to work out. So I think Richards is now just putting all of his effort into that, trying to be a good, you know, reliever out of the bullpen and 
trying to get that $10 million option. Um, I don't want it to happen. I let someone else take a shot on Garrett Richards, the closer or Garrett Richards, the eighth inning guy. I do not want him back on this team. If Bloom does that, that team next year, first of all, the team this year is probably going to miss the playoffs. So congrats. You have a $10 million relief pitcher now. Yay. For a team that missed the playoffs. If he brings him back, that team next year better make the playoffs. Because if they don't, then it's just congrats. You spent $20 million on a relief pitcher and your team sucked both years. So I I don't want him back here. Um, I could see Bloom doing it or being talked into it, but I don't want it. That's what I that's what that's what I'm saying. I'm just for those that can't see, and that's literally everybody except for these two. Uh I'm shaking my head. I, I I don't I don't want this. You have potentially three guys in your bullpen making stupid money. Um, Barnes is at a huge discount right now, but um, Ottavino and Richards in the bullpen and Matt Barnes exceed twenty million alone. Those three. Uh, there are other teams out there that have three guys making eight million that are still doing damage. I don't think that Garrett Richards is going to sustain himself. I also think it's it's kind of a crock to put him in the same list of other people that have been converted into closers or converted into long relievers that have figured it out. We've seen Garrett Richards pitch six times out of the pen. That's it. I mean, I still don't think it's completely, you know, uh, like a far cry to say that, oh, maybe he ends up getting tagged again and he gets plugged and found out and he blows up in, in uh, the reliever's role. I don't trust Garrett Richards when it counts. I don't trust Garrett Richards to start. And if he ends up being that guy that ends up owning the TBD spot in this Tampa Bay series, I don't think we're going to win that one either. He doesn't do well as a starter. As a reliever, he's done okay, but I don't think he's a second coming of Christ in the reliever's form. I just, I also don't think that'll say, that that's going to save base for Heim Bloom. Because six relief appearances doesn't make up for everything we saw for the first six months. Well, I'm predicating that on still a month to go. If we're lucky, I know we're not feeling lucky and we've predicted otherwise. But should we get into the one game wild card, win that wild card game, and then he's successful, you know, throughout the playoffs? I I could see it happening over Ottavino, I, I guess is is where I'm where I'm going with that. So so we'll we'll see we'll see. Next on the docket, Tony La Russa will win American League Manager of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am so calling the cops on this one. Oh man, if he wins Manager of the Year, that would be such a joke. Um, no, it's got to be Kevin Cash. It's got to be Kevin Cash. I, sorry, like. He, what he did with that Rays team, keeping them in first place. I mean, again, they traded their starting shortstop earlier in the year, Willie Adamas, who's a good player and having a good season in Milwaukee, and they're still in first place. They lost their ace in Tyler Glasnow, still in first place. Like, he's making it work. And I know people are like, I, I get that there's a lot of, like, Kevin Cash exhaustion around baseball, 
because again, it's, you know, everything he did with losing the world series and, and pulling Blake Snell and all that. I think that he uh, got crapped on rightfully so for all of that, but you can't deny what he's done with the race this year has been incredible. Um, he certainly deserves it more than Larusa, who has a big payroll with a lot of talent on that team. Um, a team that added at the deadline more than the Rays did. Um, no way. It, it can't be LaRusa. I am so calling the cops on that. The manager of the year, it has to be Kevin Cash. And that's at least in the American League right now uh, with, you know, what Jason was just saying. I also can't give it to Tony LaRusa for a couple of other reasons earlier this year. And they don't have anything to do with baseball. Because let's be honest, if we're going to pretend like we're only judging managers based on what they do in the game, you're lying to yourself. I think Tony Larusa needs to go back to the uh, retirement home. Uh, he doesn't belong there. He recently, a couple days ago, was caught jawing at his catcher because they weren't communicating about what they wanted to do. I believe with Vladimir Guerrero, and they and wanted to walk him. And, he and wanted they, to walk him, yeah. and the communication wasn't there. But the fact that he blew up in the way that he did. It just it doesn't send the message that you are connected with your team. I don't see any other manager in the American League, in the bigs, who has gone that off and that irate, has just gotten that fired up because of that, because of one play. And and yes, it could have, you know, drastically altered the game. It's the Chicago White Sox. They're one of the best teams in baseball. Like that is not going to be the reason why Chicago loses or wins a, a specific moment in, in the playoffs. And they're going to the playoffs. Kevin Cash seems to go to the playoffs with a roster that's compiled of players whose contracts barely exceed the dollar menu at McDonald's. Like he makes nothing turn into greatness. We were talking about Tampa Bay earlier this year. This is a team that lost almost their entire starting rotation. Charlie Morton, gone. Um, Blake Snell. Uh, uh, Snell got traded. What's the name of the kid who just got injured? Glass now. Tyler Glasnow, thank yeah. you. And now you have a bunch of no-namers. Like McClanahan in, in April, did we know who that was? Nope. No. <laughs> Rasmussen, did anyone who that was? Pretty sure no there, too. And it just – it's. It, uh, Patino, Luis Patino, who's a reliever who ter- became a turn starter. No one knew who that was uh, 10 days ago, 20 days ago. No one knew who that was. Kevin Cash has a way of making players look great and way overplaying, way overperforming. What do I mean by that? Look at Blake Snell in San Diego. He's like a shadow of his former self. He has moments of brilliance, but you have to give it to Cash. So it's, I'm calling the cops on La Russa. It's It's all cash. It's cash money. And and the Padres just fired Larry Rothschild, their pitching coach, so maybe that will help Snell turn it around. I thought that was a terrible hire by the Padres to bring in Rothschild, who really never had that Yankee staff pitching super well. So I'm going to answer this in two ways. Number one, I'm going to agree with you guys that Kevin Cash should, hands down, no question about it, be the manager of the year. But as far as the question goes, I'm going to say it's totally legit because the writers never give it to the best manager. Alex Cora didn't give it, didn't get it in the 108-win season. It just doesn't happen. They like the feel-good story. That's why Bob Melvin won it that year. And 
I think Tony La Russa, despite his bad judgment of getting completely shit-faced and driving his car and getting an OUI uh, shortly before he got hired, it might have even been the day before he got hired, Not the optics aren't great, but I just think that's going to be the guy that the writers like. And I think the nostalgia is going to unfairly give him extra points. And I don't know that he's been bad this year as a manager. We just mentioned the Vladimir Guerrero controversy from last week. Didn't really seem to get a lot of legs. I mean, it made it onto all the shows, but it wasn't, it was nothing like the Yermin Mercedes thing earlier in the year, which he caught hell for a week straight. And some people are still blaming him for ruining Mercedes career, which I, I don't really agree with, but um, but the controversies have been down and, and I, the team is playing for him. You know, this isn't, this isn't the Bobby Valentine effect that the Red Sox had when they just said, bleep that guy. We're not playing for him. That's not happening in Chicago. The team is playing for La Russa. So I just, I think he's going to get it. And a year ago, he might go to the World Series. I think the the Rays are probably going, well, I, I keep saying the Astros, though. Either the Astros or the Rays are going to go on the American League side. But if he gets there and he has the, the talent to do it with, with his team, arguably the best rotation in, uh, in the American League, how crazy is that? What A year ago, last October, if I told you, Tony La Russa, is going to be managing in the World Series next year. You guys would have said that's insane. And I just think, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think it will be. But let me ask you guys this. If it's not cash, I guess Dusty Baker could get it. That would be a feel-good story. Maybe that's the compromise then. But Cora can't get it. If they go on this amazing run, the Red Sox do, if we're totally wrong about everything, and the Red Sox get in, he can't get it. They can't give it to him based on the optics of arguably the biggest scandal in the history of Major League Baseball. So you can't give it to him. They're not giving it to Boone, I don't think. That no. dumbass. No. Yeah. I don't think Cora will ever get a Manager of the Year no. award ever again. No. I, I don't think it, it matters what team he plays for, how his team does. He could win 130 games. He'll still never get it. He's going to be blackballed for life because of that incident. La Russa, I think the reason why he looks better than uh, I think people really want to give him credit for, honestly, is the return of Carlos Rodon. Like, if he doesn't pitch the way he does this year, if Lucas Giolito isn't Lucas Giolito, um, I, I just don't see the team even doing remotely close to as well. Pitching wins ball games. People can say whatever they want about the offense, but it's pitching that gets it done. Not the offense. They lost Luis Robert for how many months? Like, wasn't it like basically the whole year until the last like week and a half, two weeks? Basically, yeah. And they're still doing great. And then Eloy Jimenez as well. How long was Eloy out for? Basically the same amount of time. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember it being the same. I thought he he was. Um, I thought he was playing a, a little bit more. Well, he he but... might have got back two or three weeks sooner, but he he missed the whole first half. Yeah, I think you're. Say. I think you're right. That's yeah. right because he actually didn't start the season, right? Yeah, I, maybe it was in spring training he got hurt, but it was yeah, it was in spring training because yeah, their home was... opener they had like 
an Eloy jersey, oh, like, out yeah, in the field. They, they were acting as if he died. Yeah, like, yeah, it was, you're right, you're right, it got you're a little right. pathetic there in Chicago. Like, yeah. It's like, uh, he's going to be back in, like, four months, guys. Like, chill. They got they got more emotional than I did, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, Baker getting it, too? I don't know. Dusty, Dusty Baker Over could Kevin be Cash. a dark horse because think about that Astros team. They were ridiculed all offseason for what they went through and they didn't hire back AJ Hinch. They, they let him go and they, you know, they gave Dusty Baker the job. Uh, the players love him. And that, that Astros team has a little bit of that swagger about them this year where it's like, we don't care that you all hate us. We don't care that we go and play the Dodgers and Dodgers fans are throwing trash cans on the field. We're still going to beat them. Um, if the Astros go to the world series and particularly if like, if they win it, I mean, then you got to kind of give some credit, a lot of credit to Dusty Baker because that team has gone through hell this year in terms of like fans ridiculing them and just always having a microscope on them. And all they've done is win their division and go to the playoffs. I mean, it's pretty impressive. I mean, arguably, what team wants to win it more than the Astros? I don't think any team because they, they need to win it to bury 2017. Yeah, exactly. They, they're no one is more motivated than the Astros is here. I don't think in the next ten years, if Houston wins a title, that anyone's going to say, "Oh, they did it with the trash cans," or they did it doing something else. I don't think anyone has forgotten. I know I haven't. Like, if I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to date a Houston Astros chick. That's just not happening. I, I mean, it's just no, no, it's no. I, even I, I get what you're saying. You really want Houston to like? No one wants to win it more than Houston. I don't think anyone wants to win it more than than Tampa. They've come so damn close. This is the team that literally other other organizations are trying to mimic. They're trying to build like the Moneyball team. Tampa Bay is doing that. They are doing everything they possibly can to show that small market teams can still win major ball games, major titles, and do everything they possibly can. When Tampa Bay went to the World Series, no one saw them getting that far at the beginning of the year. No one saw them going all the way to the World Series. That wasn't happening. And they haven't had a, an opportunity to get back to the dance. If Tampa Bay if Tampa Bay beats Chicago, regardless of how Houston goes, because a, a lot of people do think it's going to be Chicago and Tampa Bay. It's not far-fetched. Tampa Bay's dumb good. Chicago's dumb good. But I still put... I still you you. That's just the one team you can't sleep on is Tampa. They 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 literally have unique ways to make your team look pedestrian. Oh, you remove this player, two other ones pop up that just make you look stupid. That's Tampa Bay. Yeah, and I I just think the. I know I said two seconds ago I, Tampa could win the World Series. I've said for the last few months that it, it could be the Astros once they got uh, Framber Valdez back. And they're, they're just a team, like Jason says, they have the swagger. They're undaunted by October. They're always a deep playoff team, even though they've they've only won it the, the one year. But um, you know, nearly won it in, in 2019. I can't believe with Garrett Cole set to pitch game six and Verlander to pitch game seven, 
that they couldn't win one of those two games. It's just so insane. And neither team in, in the 2019 World Series won at home. All the games, all the road teams won. So just absolutely insane. If the if the Nationals had home field advantage, then then the Astros probably would have won it. But but yeah, all right. So we're at the half hour mark. We'll, we won't spend much time on this at all. We can get done this one super quick. Mets owner Steve Cohen will sell the Mets within the next five years. Jason, totally legit or calling the cops? Uh, I'm going to call the cops because even though he probably should, because that guy's <laughs> a train wreck, I don't think his ego would allow him to do that. I think that he's going to have like a weird sort of stranglehold on that franchise for much longer because he's going to convince himself that he's still the savior and that he's still going to figure it out and he's going to bring in the right pieces and, um, and they're going to get it done. But he, should he sell the team? Yes. Um, <laughs> God, someone please save the, the Mets fan base from this, but uh, he won't, his ego won't let him. So I'm calling the cops. He's, he's there for a while. Sorry, Mets fans. Calling the cops too. I, I'm with Jason on this one. And uh, I think honestly, what team, rose to the prominence that it did and fell almost in a night like when the whole GameStop and AMC thing happened and people lost their damn minds it was uh it's his company's called Melvin is it Melvin Capital is not the one that he's the part of oh and yeah. they lost like two or three billion dollars in less than 24 hours and the next day it was another 1.5 billion this this huge hedge fund corporation was completely screwed and now I mean you have players that celebrate by going thumbs down when they get doubles. Javier Baez literally said, "Oh, this is you know, this is you know, my fans want to boo me, dude. You strike out in thirty-four percent of your at bats, one out of three at bats a game. You strike out. There's a reason why they're upset. They're pissed because you don't do your job. On top of that, what tells your team even more? We're we're po two than booing your own fans. Does that tell you, I want to stay here long-term? How is Cohen going to give this guy a ridiculous contract after he's starting the negative trend of celebrating with thumbs down? I just, it's, it, the Mets have become laughable. I mean, I don't know who could save, who could save the Mets, but after making the investment that he did, I don't think he makes out with, with a, a, a good situation if he sells the team. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, and everybody, he was like the darling of last offseason, um, uh, you know, compared to all owners. He came in, he was willing to spend money. They extended Lindor. They gave their best shot at Bauer, and fortunately for them, they they came up a little short, but they, they made a, a hell of an effort, and they've been active on the trade market. So he's kind of like almost like a George Steinbrenner type guy. And then on Twitter, he's almost like the Donald Trump of MLB owners on Twitter, just just constantly throwing his own team really under the bus and just very off the cuff and acting exactly the way an owner should not be acting. And uh, so I, I, I'll also call the cops because even if they're crappy, they might still be profitable if if they're selling tickets and that's all he cares about. So so he'll New York. still be there. And you know, the before Cohen bought it, the Mets were gonna be the Mets. And I'm fully as convinced as ever that the Mets are still gonna be the Mets. 
even under his ownership. Maybe maybe even the Mets on steroids now that he's the owner. That's how that's how bad it's going to be. And he's going to be probably one of the most hated owners in all of sports. Cowboys, you know, fans hate Jerry Jones and Angels fans aren't smart enough to hate Artie Moreno, but the rest of the league knows what's going on. Uh, so it's just not going to work out. That's just going to be a terrible franchise. And I feel bad for the Mets. Cause I, I really, I'm not old enough to be mad about 1986. So I, I don't really hold that against them. And I, I'd rather them be the best baseball team from New York, you know, but that's probably not going to happen. Cashman's a he- dumbass and Boone's a dumbass, but. I think the other reason why, like if you're if you're a Mets fan, while you may be frustrated and angry, and in a year, two years, you'll forget about this this whole situation. He actively is trying to make the team better. Like when was the last time we saw the Mets blow up before the off season, and then also blow up by adding more tools at the deadline? Like they went out, they got Javi Baez, they tried to get Chris Bryant. The only reason why they couldn't get both is because the Chicago Cubs wanted to maximize value and get the most number of prospects back. This is a team that was screwed. Chicago just sped up the process for the rebuild mode, and New York's almost in win-now mode. It really – I mean, you, you just think about how good the Mets would have been if Jake DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard both were at 100%. I don't think there's any question that the Mets would be in first place right now. The Phillies yeah. wouldn't be in second. I think DeGrom is soft as hell. I think he's Clay Buckholtz and lacks whatever toughness we think Buckholtz had. I – I made the dumbest for those that uh, know. <laughs> Terry and I are in the same fantasy f- baseball league, and everyone was getting these crazy moves. Max Scherzer, I mean, Max Scherzer, and who, who else did you go? Was it Scherzer Endeavors? Who'd you get in that deal? I got uh, Scherzer and Altuve. That's disgusting. <laughs> I got Jacob DeGrom, Jose Barrios, and uh, Kyle Farmer, that multi-faceted utility player, um, and I gave up a fifth, a seventh, and a ninth, and Jake DeGrom may not even pitch for the rest of this year. I was doing everything I possibly could because I see everybody building up and getting all these really great tools. If I could have Jacob DeGrom, maybe I can get this year. I can win the title finally in this league just one time, and DeGrom may not pitch for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's probably going to be on and off the disabled list for the rest of his contract, I would think. But For the rest of his career. Yeah, well, true, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, well, that's all we have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back on Thursday night to discuss the Rays series. Andrew and Job will be with me for that show. So everybody have a good rest of your week. Take care.